Hello, everyone. It is another week here on Scale Up with Nick Bradley. Welcome to the show. Now, today's episode is a super cool one <laughs> because the insights that you are going to get over the next 45 minutes or so are going to rock your world. I am going to go deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I apologize in advance, but the conversation I had with today's guest was just incredibly interesting for me personally and my curiosity radar, if you like, was just going off the scale. Now, the cool thing is that all of you listening today, you're going to get stuff from the conversation that you can apply to your life, your business, your career, your relationships. It's a deeply universal topic, but it's something that I think can be quite misguided and something that is very often misunderstood. All right now, I've warmed you up, haven't I? Today on the show, I have none other than Dr. Rewire himself, Alok Trevetti. Now, to give you a glimpse of how he approaches personal development, allow me to share what he wrote on the homepage of his website, and that is, get results without the BS, no vision boards, no pixie dust, no grind harder, just scientifically proven principles to help you achieve a better life. Today, we are talking about rewiring your brain. Okay, as I said, we're going deep down the rabbit hole. Dr. Alok is a lifestyle performance expert who happens to be the founder of the Aligned Performance Institute, which was recently named one of the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in the US. And for very good reason, because with the global pandemic, which has just shifted so many aspects of our lives over the past few years, and of course, other events that have been going on all around the world, more than ever, people are seeking help and guidance to navigate their lives, their thoughts, their emotions, all of that sort of thing. So his entire body of work, including his book called Chasing Success, Lessons in Aligned Performance, is a reflection of his experience and knowledge. So we're talking 27 years of study, uh, a mind-body connection, the science of success and fulfillment, and research on human behavior. Using all of that, he has developed his own approach, which now includes 92, get that, 92 techniques and tools to rewire your brain. And so the mind-body connection was real. And I knew that it was real, but then I started to answer it. Then I started asking questions to help heal it. And then I said, you know what, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to do any therapies. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to ask you questions. And let's see if we can get the body to heal. We did. Now, I know that some of these may sound very technical. And to some of you, you might be thinking, God, how practical is all this? Don't worry, we're going to get into all of it. And it's delivered beautifully in today's conversation. You know, people talk about conflict resolution. I'm not into conflict resolution. I'm into conflict evolution. So get ready as we dive deep into a unique take on how you can scale up your mindset and your performance by rewiring your brain. Welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley, Dr. Alok Trevetti. Hey, everybody. It is Nick Bradley. Welcome to another episode of Scale Up. Oh, this week is going to be so much fun. So I have a gentleman on the show with me today who, you know, we've known each other for a little while, right? Just playing around the edges of entrepreneurship and business. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, I've been on his show and he, he gave me a, a relatively good grilling on all things scale up and business growth and value and exit. 
but I didn't get a chance to pick his brain literally <laughs> around what he does, which is some of the most fascinating areas, I think, within how we perform as individuals, not just in our business, but in our lives. So today I'm delighted to have on the show, Dr. Alok Trevetti. Thank you very much. Nick, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Did I get your last name right, Trevetti? Trevetti. Yeah, you got it perfect. Ah, you know what? I'm, I'm known for butchering names. <laughs> Not with mine, so I can't give you that reputation. You're good on me. Oh, man. Okay, well, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame something that I was just reading on your site before, um, before we um, pressed, press record. Okay. So rewire to get results without the BS, right? Love this. No vision boards, no pixie dust, no just grind harder, just scientifically proven principles to help you achieve a better life. So, wow. So, where do we start with that? Well, I think <laughs> let's start anywhere, with, right? Let's start with your story. Let's start with, let's start with how did you get into this, this, this topic, this expertise? You know, it's, it started at, almost in the womb. And I'm being facetious, obviously. It's not obvious. But ever since I was a kid, I wanted to understand the human body. I remember really, like, I was into exercising and training when I was seven, eight, nine years old. I was a kid that wanted to understand why we think the way we do. I wanted to understand the human experience more than anything else. And... You know, I was a failing student in school, and then uh, someone gave me like a bunch of Tony Robbins audios and that, and I listened to it, and I changed the course, and I was thinking, huh, that's interesting. And then I wanted to dive deeper into it, and then uh, I wanted to understand the brain and neurology, and so I went on to, you know, not medical school, I went on to chiropractic school, because chiropractic was about holisticness yeah. and using everything inside, and I thought, that's more the path I want to be. And I started developing tools and scientific processes and answers with patients of mine after graduating and they started patients would come in and they'd tell me hey look i've got back pain on the second of every month or the third of every month and I'm like what's going on here and i find out that they actually are having issues because they were having an argument with their wife the night before about their mortgage payments so the physicality is starting to come through from the emotional experience exactly and so the mind-body connection was real and i knew that it was real but then i started to answer then i started asking questions to help heal it and then I'd sit and say, you know what? I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to do any therapies. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to ask you questions. And let's see if we can get the body to heal. And we did. And then I, and I used it and I understood it. And I, and I said, okay, let's dive further into this. And then I started studying the physics of psychology and studying psychophysics and, you know, chemical physics or chemical psychology inside of it and start piecing this thing together. And then created a process and tools of over 92 different ways that I can rewire someone's thinking to get them to a state of what's called balance and homeostasis, not positivity. Just balance and gratitude of truly gratitude of their life for what it is. And There's to be so able many to places use that. we can go here, Alok. I mean, I'm, I'm, my, mm. my, my brain's firing now. Take me wherever you want, my friend. So just to jump in, to interject if I can on, on one piece you said. So yeah. the idea of being at homeostasis or presence maybe, right? You yeah. know, how do most people live? I mean, I know that's a very generic statement, but are most people living either too far forward or back? What's your analysis after having, you know, helping so many people? Yeah, most people are living in a delusion. Wow. Most people, 99.9% .9 of wow. our world exists in a delusion. And the emotions create the delusion because it's a survival state. They're not really in a state of presence and consciousness and awareness of who they are. And this is important for business owners, right? We're talking yeah. about this on scale up because... Most business decisions that are supposed to be done with logic and are done through emotion. They think they're doing it with data and numbers and risk reversal and all these things. But at the end of the day, it's still based on an emotion and not presence. And what that does, it leads us to a chaos of emotions because of that. And it ripples into the business, into the, the management of a business because of that. 
And so now you have to de- every management issue is an emotional issue. Every single right. one. But it, but it's it's hidden in the data and logic, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, because you know what I mean by that, right? Particularly yeah. in my world of private equity, we we'll, we'll put up a spreadsheet or a big spreadsheet or sometimes like fifty of the bloody things, and we'll try and hide behind the decision is a data driven decision. But quite often it's not. I mean, I can feel that in the room, for example, I'm talking yeah. about boardrooms of these these big um, decisions. But we use that as a, I take it a protection mechanism. Hundred percent, right. we do, and our and our brain presence is so essential, right? And most people are looking for presence, and what they do is they do meditation, they do you know TM, and it's got a big name, and people yeah. do different types of meditation to gain presence. Super valuable, no question about it. However, I will challenge it and say most people meditate to escape versus become present. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's funny. There's, there's, there's. I've tried all forms of meditation, right? And mm-hmm. I've tried. I've done the whole TM course and all that sort of thing. I found it very, very difficult to do it. Did you? <laughs> you know, we can rewind my brain in thirty minutes as well, maybe. But there's what I, there's an app that I found recently, which is kind of called. I'll read it out actually, because because I'm probably I'm probably using it to escape more than I'm using it for anything else. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It is called Syncuition. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't heard of that one. It's kind of like binaural beats and well, it kind of, yeah, it kind of cleanses that. your brain a little bit through an experience. It's almost like you've, you've put on some headphones and you get taken away into a different world. But when you finish, yeah. you feel like you feel just super refreshed. Yeah. And it's, and it's good. It's, it's feeling refreshed. It's activating what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, getting your body to calm down inside that. But it's not presence. No, inside definitely not. It's just kind of, it's not presence. And, and none of these, most people, when they try and quiet their mind, they're escaping reality. And what I, what I like to say is, so if you need to escape, escape reality, then when you come back into reality, what's going to make you live in a state of presence? You're not. You're just using it as a vacation to come back into mm. chaos, right, so to speak. But Absolutely. the idea of life is how do you manage it on a day-to-day basis, govern it, organize it, so that you can actually thrive in your life and live in a state of presence. In between the emotional chaos where the silence lives. How do you do that? And there's, there's a process to do this, to live in that place of presence and heal. Uh, what I, heal is a term that I just use, meaning helping energy align with love, um, to oh, help like heal the system. So, so of course, the natural the natural journey of our conversation today is how do we do that, right? I mean, you're gonna say, oh, we can't do it in, in you know, thirty minutes, but we've got to we've got to give the listeners something now because yeah, you've just opened sure, up I can a give massive. Some tools. Let's let's play with this. I mean, I mean, it's such a big area, and I know you know. I definitely encourage people to go and have a look at uh, Doctor Alok's website as well. We'll put all the uh, the links into the show notes, but it's uh, drrewire.com, right? And yep. it's got some really interesting perspectives. I've never actually heard, and I've had different people on the show with different thoughts around mindset, emotional state, those sort of things, right? Particularly people who are somewhat gurus in the areas of personal development people like robin sharma for example i've got ed mylett on tomorrow mm-hmm. but oh, i've cool. never heard yeah no cool looking forward to i don't that know him personally but I, I, he's a great guy he's i like his stuff as well but yeah. it's quite funny i've never heard of anyone talk about this stuff in the way that you talk about it and i've as i said i've had different people on so so let's definitely go into this so okay. if someone comes to you and they want to you know they want to be more present and they want to kind of you know maybe be, be more in this reality point as opposed to a delusion how do you start to do that? Well, first thing you got to realize, you know, there's, I say that the seven laws, in essence, we talk about, maybe we can talk about a few of them, maybe not all of them because it takes yeah, too sure. long. But the first thing is I call about the mirror law, right? It's something simple. We've all known about it. We've heard about it, that life is a mirror. And so whatever 
is happening to you is a mirror inside of it. So the first thing you have to ask yourself is, what is this emotion and where have I created this emotion for myself? Right? So for example, if you're, I'll give you a great example that my girlfriend's going to kill me when I say this, but I'll do it anyways. So she got a little bit upset with me the other day because something had happened in her family and her and I got into a little, little disagreement about it. And we all have, this is normal life, right? We all get into yep. these discussions. <laughs> I, know, I know that. I know that too well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Right. And so she's like, when you said this, this is how I felt. I said, that's so funny. And she's, and I kind of started laughing and she's like, why are you laughing? I said, because I was feeling that exact same thing, which is why I made that defensive statement. And she, she said, what do you mean? I said, there was the mirror of our emotions. We're, we're literally, we're reflecting them to mm. each other. And she said, you're completely right. I was feeling excluded where she was feeling excluded. So we reflect those emotions back and forth to ourselves. And so think about this. Let's put this on the scale of, of business just for a second, right? And if you're leading, you're managing, you're putting in, in state of, of organizing a team, whatever the team is feeling is going to be a mirror of what you're feeling and vice versa. Yeah, and if I'll you can that. teach your team to resolve that, then you don't have conflict inside of that. You know, people talk about conflict rev uh, resolution inside things. I'm not into conflict resolution. I'm into conflict evolution. And conflict evolution is teaching your team how to think at a higher level inside that. When we do so that, how does, first it, thing how does that normally happen? So let's say, for example, like I've heard the um, expression before, anything that a leader thinks, does, acts, believes, et cetera, becomes, in some cases, uh, um, a, a process where anyone else within the business can copy that, right? You give permission, right? Sure. So, so is that is that what you're saying here to some extent, or are you no, saying I'm, that actually it's people? So yeah, I just want to understand it fully. If I go to the present moment with that person and ask them exactly what is the emotion, what is the cause, what is the the actual thing that's actually happening with you at this present moment, and what is the the state that you're in, yeah, it'll be the exact mirror of the person on the other side. Wow! What, what? every single time? Every single time. Every single time. The, these tools that I've, that I've developed and understood, they're scientific. They're, I can take any person at any scenario in any situation and prove these and take people who've been, had the worst, craziest things in their lives you'd think would be happening, right? You know, people got fired, lost businesses, lost jobs, and rewire it in a matter of 30 to 50 minutes, and it's no longer an issue. They're grateful for it. So, so if, I, if I turn that into the world of influence and, dare I yeah. say, it, persuasion or manipulation sure. per side, if, if I'm in a position of, let's say there's a conflict between you and I, right, whatever that is, yep. um, if, if I want to exacerbate that, I could become more conflictive with you, right? Or if I start to become more rational or whatever or more appeal, appeasing, whatever else, because that's what I, the state I want you to be in, you will naturally mirror that. Beautiful. Now watch this. Here's here's how you do it, right? Yeah, cool. Let's because do it. <laughs> whatever you like, we talk about this in sales, right? We talk about you know you mirror their actions in sales. We've all heard this stuff, right, before. Yeah. But it's not even a matter of that. Like literally, if you ask yourself, okay, let's say you and I are in a tiff, right? Yep. Nick called me a jerk. Okay, fine, great. So where have I called people jerks before? Where have I made people feel? And I, delusionally, we'll sit and say that I've never done that. That's not what I do. I don't make people feel that way. I'm a nice guy. I'm holy. I'm holier than, than, than the saints. I don't do the stuff like that. I don't make people feel bad. But if I go around your life and I ask your wife, your children, you, when you were a child, at any some point in time, you've insulted somebody in the past because we do all things yes. inside yeah, of yeah, our yeah. life. And so when we find them, we realize, oh, I did that, and then I did that, and then I did that. And we, in our access, in our brain, we access these things called these episodic memories. 
And we balance our, our I'll get a little geeked out here just for a second. Okay. We balanced out the intensity of an opinion with many micro opinions. Okay. So meaning that if I'm super angry at someone, I means I've done it a million times, a bunch of times before, 20 to 50 times before. I just have an honor that I do it because here's the thing that we have to realize is that we do all things as human beings. We do all things to all people at all different times. But the delusion is that we're only kind without being cruel. We're only nice without being mean. Yeah. And, but the reality is that we're nice and mean. Now I we're heard human. this, I heard something similar to this from uh, Dr. John Demartini. Yeah, he's who, been a mentor of mine for many years. There we go. Yeah. So I, yeah. I did his breakthrough experience um, a few years back. Yeah. And and exactly this point. So again, for people listening, because we haven't spoken about this actually on the show, but you know, you go through you go through this um, this experience where you know you are you are it's very very hard work actually, but you go through this point where you actually do start to see that anything that's ever anyone's ever done to you that you may consider a wrong, right, or something yeah. that's affected you, and you might hold on to that thing, and it actually might be you know holding you back. Uh, you actually get to see that you've done pretty much exactly the same thing, certainly the same context of that thing to others, but you've forgotten about it. That's right. Incredible That's though, exactly isn't right. it? When you start, it's, it's a very interesting, once you start to have that realization, you know, it'd be good to talk to you about it because I haven't spoken to Dr. John about it. But, yeah. um, you know, it, it starts to make you think very differently about the person that you might be holding on to in a negative way or the situation. That's right. And what you're doing is you're only judging them on one side, right? See, yeah. John and I differ in certain capacities and, and John talks about it in a different way, but I, you know, what I say is that we have these addictions that we're holding on to. Our entire psyche is built up of these addictions. Mm, okay. And these addictions we're holding on to are systems of our dopamine holding on to the opinion of ourself. And how do we choose what we hold on to and not? The fears that are stopping from our past. Or something that we enjoy as well. So it's, it's pleasurable uh, to hold on to certain things. We only call it enjoyment because... In the past, we did something that it didn't enjoy, so now we feel that we're accomplishing something. Accomplishment comes from fear of the past. Right. Okay. No, I, I always thought it might be um, two different areas of a continuum. So there might be something that you enjoy massively, so you do more of it, and there's mm -hmm. um, so there's an, there's an attraction or a pull towards that thing, versus a repelling away from pain. Most of the time, what we find that we actually repel more from pain than actually just moving towards pleasure. Okay. And that's why when you see, to move this back into a business context, when you see advertising, and there's some great stuff that's happened in the 60s and 70s, you know, where they yep. used to do more conversion type stuff. A lot of that is the pain or what we call problem awareness activity, you know, highlight the problem to then that's be right. able to open up the, I suppose, the acceptance of the solution. Yeah. It's like the whole idea, right? Like, let's, let's take a beautiful example, lose weight versus getting healthy. Yeah. Right? Lose weight sells faster, much faster all day long than getting healthy. But if you said someone get healthy, you only lose weight when you actually get healthy. You know that and I know that. But the marketing world says lose weight, okay, because they're actually resistant to their weight. And so they're neg that's a negative thing. They want to move away from that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I, when, once you become aware of the stuff that we're talking about now, it's got a lot of practical uses. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. And it's great when you work with business owners and CEOs inside this. And it's like you're helping them make these large-scale decisions, and they're thinking about it. And it's like, okay, well, let's just look at the order of this all versus the chaos of it all and put things in a relative balance inside of our psyche so that we don't come into it with a state of chaos. 
Yeah, or, or, or a state of prejudging and, as we mentioned before, exactly. of delusion. So what is, and a, a bit of a loaded question on this one, but what, what is reality then? Reality is the ability to stay present in between all the chaos that's going on. I like to sit and say that when you can see that the, the order of the organization versus the judgment of the organization, then you actually are in a state of presence. And your reality and mine might be different though. Just to play with this, I don't want to you know, freak everyone out here listening, but there's a point where <laughs> <laughs> we won't go well, too far down the rabbit hole. Is, <laughs> yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole. It's good. I, I love know. it. Um, our reality is our reality, but it's based on our subjective experience of what we yeah. call life. Exactly. Right? And so here's the thing in personal development, and that's why like, I don't like personal development from that standpoint because personal development wants to put on a persona to make you be another person. I don't want to be another person. I don't want to teach you to be another person. I'd rather teach you to be yourself, right? And so if I can teach you to be you, then I can teach you to live a life of fulfillment. And that's why I like to sit and say, I've put together the science of fulfillment inside of this so that you can actually take your life and completely love all of it, not just pieces of it, right? Where you're just healing a component or, you know, an anxiety or something like that. What if you can master all areas of your life and literally rewire every piece, every component put it all together for you to be able to move forward that's the science of fulfillment that's ultimately what i've been able to do with this work but your reality my reality they're relatively different but in actuality they're the same yeah no because the point i was trying to get to is my experiences environment whatever it is they shape different ways that i will see the world maybe patterns right so you know if, if i called you a certain name you might not care about it, but if someone called me that name, it might trigger an emotion or a thought that I had when I was seven. And that, you know, I react very, very differently, even though it was the same word. Right. So 100%. that's what I meant. So there's a point there where therefore the reality of that situation or therefore the action of that, how I respond is different. One, you're hundred percent correct. How you respond, but how you respond will be based on the triggers, as we just said. Yeah. But if you've learned to heal the triggers, then you no longer have a response. Cool. Okay. So we're going to stop going down the rabbit hole now. I promise everyone. Okay. No, I like no, no, that's me. It's my fault. It's me. No, I, I, I get super curious in these sort of conversations and I geek out and I kind of forget that we're recording a podcast, but, <laughs> but, but people actually like it because they, they kind of, they, they kind of start to geek out with me, particularly the long-term listeners. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad. Let's get into, uh, or go back to, I should say, some of the practicalities, maybe share, you don't have to obviously this confidentiality with who you've helped and worked, but just some more practical examples of people who've come into your world. They've, they've come to you for a certain reason and you've managed to sort of understand exactly what's going on and then rewire them, I suppose, is the expression. Yeah, I can't, I, I'll share something that's really interesting. Like I had, a, I had a, someone who was a uh, baseball player, yep. right? A, a world, uh, major league baseball player that won the world series okay. and his life went into chaos after winning the world series. And, Thinking, he was thinking, why, how did this happen? And he's pissed off, upset, and all this stuff that's going on with his life. And, I, and he's like, I don't understand why this is going on with my life now. He goes, we just won the World Series. We're amazing. My, now my life just fell apart. And this is the most important thing to understand in dopamine cycles, is that people want to get rid of the feeling of bad. Right? When they said, my life is bad, it's miserable, I want it to be better. But it doesn't get better without you understanding that it's the highs of life that actually breeds the chaos. It's the okay. high side that breeds the chaos, not the low side of life. 
So just unpack so, that a bit more. And I understand yep. that in principle, but let's go. This is this is interesting. So people think it's the opposite, though, right? Think, they think it's the opposite because our entire system is built on survival, which is dopamine. And dopamine is the salesman of the whole thing. But our mind is trying to get us to a place, and I'll use the neurotransmitters just so we can actually be very present with it. The yeah, neurotransmitters sure. are serotonin, oxytocin, uh, norepinephrine, and these neuro neurotransmitters are the state of presence and love, truly love inside that. When we chase something outside of ourselves, we're looking and we're activating dopamine, and dopamine becomes where we go. Now, this is why I said and say, when we set goals and trajectories and objectives and vision boards, like we were saying earlier, all this stuff is things that we're doing from outside of ourselves to try and achieve something, to validate our feeling. But we get it, and then we lose it. I'll give you an example. I had a friend of mine, he bought a Ferrari, and I said, what's the greatest thing about buying a Ferrari? He said, the day before I actually get it. Yeah, I can, I can buy into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can get that. It, like, yeah, it, it, all, it, anything like that becomes tarnished as soon as you've had it, right? And then eventually it, it, can, become, it can become a ball and, you know, on ball and chain on your leg, right? <laughs> eventually. And it does. And then, and then it's like, then it's the next piece, right? Then it's the Ferrari, then it's the, the Bugatti. And then just like you and I were talking about before, you know, uh, we got on air, we were talking about like, you know, the Vegas and the world of Vegas and what it does to you. It's yeah. that dopamine cycle that keeps chasing you for more and more and more. Is dopamine and more. like a drug then? Is it, I it mean, is a drug. It is the drug. But, it, but it's something that we produce in our body. It is. Now, if we can manage it and temper it, then we can live in a state of governance, governance and presence. But when we can't temper it and it runs our life, we will chase everything to make ourselves feel validated and human. And this is where people will sit wow. and say that they're narcissistic, they're arrogant, they're buying things, they're, they're you know, brand, they're just trying to fulfill themselves from the outside in versus the inside out. Yeah, okay. And you, and you see that, that there's a point sometimes where that can lead to very, very full-on levels of depression. Um, and can. But when you have that massive spike in dopamine, you have to crash. And that's where we get depression. That's where we get anxiety. That's where we get chaos inside of your life. So it's impossible it's not- to live at the highest level, right? Obviously, so if, you're, if, you're, if you have, you know, that, as you said, the highs, you are going to have a crash after a high. There's no way around have that. To. There's no so way there's- around it. So, so do you, what's your thought then around the highs and the lows that we experience versus how we um, are attached to those experiences, right? If you understand what I mean by that. Yep. It's better to temper the highs and, and govern them down versus so being so elated. Like that, I'm, do, I'm doing, if everyone listening, I'm yep. doing this weird thing with my hand, right? Going up. Instead of going up. <laughs> right. You don't want to go high and low and high and low. What you want to do is gradually rise. That's why a business that grows, and you're in private equity, a business yeah. that grows really, really fast, you guys are probably more scared of. Yeah. Well, you, ha- you, have, to, you have to temper it. You, know, you, have to, right. you have to put structure in place. I often say it's about foundations and fundamentals because quite often, if you're moving too quickly, you haven't had the time or the capacity to do that. And therefore, something is going to break at some point in the That's future. Right. It's so the same exact concept. same thing in our mind and our psychology and our life. Got it. It's the exact same thing that's happening. When, when something grows too quickly, you have to temper it. If not, it will self-destruct. And the same thing is happening in our psychology. Same thing happening with social media, with kids. Wow. I mean, that changes the game when you think about the world we live in right now, doesn't it? I mean, you it know, does. the fact that there's so many things that are out there to make our life more clouded, complex, distracted, right? addicted. And, and all these addictions are dopamine. 
consistently dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And we continually put dopamine into our cycle, into our system, drugs, alcohol, smoking, TV, social media, TikTok. Yeah. All these things are dopamine, 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 dopamine. And then what happens is now you can't live without these dopamine spikes. And the higher the dopamine spike, the grander the crash. And so I was telling you about the, this Major League Baseball player. That's exactly what happened to him. Exactly what happened to him. Uh, I have another uh, a person, a uh, famous model who I'm going to be working with in the next few weeks. Again, same thing. They deal with more anxiety and depression than people would believe because they think they have everything, but it's the success that breeds the chaos, not the failure. Well, there is also it's a point there may be, and you know, again, without knowing this, the specifics, that you know, once you reach the thing that you thought was going to be the pinnacle and it's not what you expected, or there's more things around it than you know than you expected that you wanted. There can be a crash after that, can't there? That's what creates a crash. You're 100 right. Because you see a lot of these people who you know you see it a lot in terms of addiction with um, TV stars, particularly with the influencer world. You know, there, there's yep. been shows here in the UK where people have you know become famous overnight because of a reality TV show and then committed suicide. You know, within a couple of years after the show. You know, which, which, which is a very quick rise from zero to hero, right? And then all That's of right. a sudden, you you know you let it, you let into every nightclub you want to get in, let into, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the show finishes, and very quickly because it's gone so quickly, you suddenly aren't. And then you become sudden, nobody all of a sudden. So and that kind and of that identity you held on to this of the super importance is gone. That dopamine's gone. Now you're nobody. They can't live with that. This is massive. It's crazy. I'm telling you, when you start, no, it's it, it's just it's incredible. wild. It's everywhere in our world. And that's why I sit and say things like this that people get pissed off when I say it, but it's true, is that you know, we deal with a world where people are talking about mental health, but we don't have a mental health problem. We just have a health problem because 94% of the serotonin that actually makes us feel good and feel alive is made in our stomach. But we're not talking about that, right? We're talking about just a mental health and depression. And I'll sit and say this is that over the course of the next 15 years, mental health is not going to get worse and better. It's going to get worse. Mm. It's going to get worse, unfortunately. And the more drugs and, and that we're trying to mask ourselves with it, living in the positive cycle versus a balanced cycle, the more chaos we're going to breed. Because you mentioned it previously, and we, we have a bit of a connection here, um, I just want to come back to the Tony Robbins point. Yeah, sure. So, so I've been to his events, you've been to his events. You know, There's sure. a piece here where you go to a UPW, right, where you dance around for four days, right? You learn a lot. Like It's, it's an amazing intervention. Right. Um, but I've been to events where people kind of get addicted to the events, right? Because it's such a yeah. thing. I mean, what, what's your thought on that? Because that can't be great. Can I suppose it gives you maybe, a, 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 what I'm getting at here is, is a jolt in the arm, right? To make change happen a good thing. And, and you need that now and then. Or is there a different way? And there's a different way. That's exactly what I set out to do okay. um, inside of my work was, and I love Tony and I love his work and NLP. It's great. I've studied it mass, you know, and I've trained under it. Um, it's fantastic. It's good. But the problem is that you're still stuck with the, the root experience that caused that chaos. You're still stuck inside of it. And it doesn't leave just because you've reframed it inside that. It still runs you because it's still built on that dopamine cycle. What I set out to do is find a path that lets us to really get to a state of governance and balance and find out exactly what's causing that. And once we neutralize it, rewire that and balance that out, then it no longer runs your life. Like I've got, I've got hundreds, if not thousands of people who've been to you know, programs or NLP practitioners who've done work, and then they come to me and then it's like, oh, you heal it, it's gone. Like I had a case 
uh, with someone with type 1 diabetes. Now, you're not supposed to be able to heal type 1 diabetes. It's not supposed to happen. And they did the work. They did Tony's stuff. They've been taking meds. Did, and I found out the root experience, what I call the root experience, the cause of where this whole thing started. And it was 50 years ago. She's a 72-year-old lady. It's 50 years ago. It started with a massive war with her father. And she became type 1 diabetic at that point. Wow. So the body, back to sort of mind-body connection or emotion-body connection. So, so do you see similar patterns or is that, I don't want to, I don't want to um, simplify this too much, but do you see patterns that are consistent with the people that come to you? So it's a, yes. a trauma at seven or it's a daddy issue or it's a mummy, whatever. Do you, do you see those sort of things? Yeah. And I don't know necessarily always who or what the issue is, but there's a pattern for sure. And it comes there's, from a trauma. It comes from a, a something that really takes you back to your point around being high and low. Is there a point yeah. where you go so low that it can affect you really physically or is it, or you get so high. So the it's typically the more you're so high, right? Or the drop <laughs> or the yeah. fact that you were very high. Something happens like, you know, imagine like a, a parent dies or a child dies or something yeah, like that. And you're deal. here and then all of a sudden your world has changed. It is. But here's the interesting thing, right? Nick, you know, I, I don't know your childhood. I mean, I lived in a relatively decent childhood. Right? I didn't have any of that major stuff happen, but we all have these challenges, but it's not the big challenges. It's the things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. Consistently, that, yeah. Consistently, because your reality is different. And then what we'll do is we'll compare our realities. If, you know, if my brother passed away, he'll say, well, mine wasn't as bad as theirs, so it's, you know, I'm okay. But that's not true. We all have this. And I, call them, I don't call them a trauma because people perceive trauma as just a negative thing. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's the high school valedictorian. It's the, it's the, the high school football, you know, quarterback that end up, more depressed, more struggling than it is the average C student. Believe See, it I've never heard this. You know, again, this is really incredible. <laughs> I knew we'd have a great conversation, but this is so particularly from the fact because because now that you you see it, you don't unsee it, right? There's a point there yeah. you see. That's why the people who are at the top of their game and then they crash, and you see that all the time. But you kind of think, oh, you know, whatever. But you, I always thought it was something that like a traumatic event happened, and then that caused a spiraling effect. But yeah, now that you mention it. More of it seems to happen, maybe, maybe partly because it's in the media more, but it seems to happen from the highs. Mm. It happens. Well, I'll give you an example of this. So my son, he was um, 10 years old. He's now 14. He's about to turn 14 in the next week, a couple of weeks. And um, he says to me, he goes, Dad, Dad, I made principles, a principles list, right? And now that in America, that's a, that's a thing where the kid gets awarded. He's got like a GPA of 3.8 to 4 or something like that. And he says, Dad, Dad, look, I, I did great. I made principles list. And I said, oh, it's fantastic. Good. He's like, aren't you proud of me? I said, no, I'm proud of you whether you made principles list or you didn't. And he says, he's like, but, but look, dad, but look, I, I, I did it. I said, that's great. I'm really happy that you did. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's good. And I said, now go find 10 drawbacks of that. And he said, what? I said, because you're too high and you're too elated, you're going to create yourself to crash. And you're going to try and chase that feeling of always being successful rather than being grateful. And so he says, Okay, so we went and, and I said, go find the negative, 10 negative realizations that came from this. What were the negative things that showed up because of this? And so he went and did it. And I said, now, how do you feel? He said, you know what? I'm, I'm excited that I did it. I'm grateful that I did it, but it doesn't define me. That's it. I said, that's what I want you to get. You temper the highs so that you can govern it inside that. Because if he only lived on that, then he's going to chase that. And you know, and I know Yep. These kids today and, and adults, they get so wound up of 
like I got to get this. If it's not this way, if it's not perfect, 100% perfect, they breed more anger and resentment towards themselves as they grow up as, as a child. Or as no, I, I mean, that pattern was very much my pattern for various reasons. Like, you know, and, and then I crashed, like, you know, my stories, we've talked about it, right? So, yeah. so there is that piece where I can see it in my life, definitely, because there was a point where you keep chasing the next shiny thing or the next yeah. promotion or the next pay rise. I was there too. Exit. How did you, how did you transition out of this? Or how did you make that step to, to start to rewire yourself? You know, it was great. Life. That's the best answer to it. <laughs> Life made me. So I was doing all this work, and, um, and I started realizing these questions, these answers, and then I started studying with all these guys, like all, all you know, people in my field. You had Dispenza, you had Demartini, mm -hmm. you had you know, um, Carrick, you had all these people who were neurologic experts in my world. And I started piecing together different processes and tools that, inside of it, and I started doing it with patients, and I was doing it with myself a little bit. But you know, I built you know, one of the largest healthcare chiropractic clinics in the country. We were seeing over 1,200 patient visits a week. So I was, quote unquote, top of my profession in a matter of speaking in that capacity anyway. So I was like, okay, well, I thought it was a big deal. And I thought it was a big dog, right? And, but it was just a small pond. That's all it was. It was just a small pond in that. And so, but then life happened. I got divorced and I was miserable. I didn't have a dime to my name. I had a lemon to eat for four days. I was stuck. I had no money coming in the door. And, and literally, I was at a conference and I was speaking and I was partnered with another guy and I was speaking at a conference telling people, you know, you got to think positive and you got to, you got to go, you know, do your affirmations and jump up and down and do all this stuff that's out there. And I'd come backstage and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And I had a conversation. I'm not going to say the person's name, but I had a conversation with someone backstage and I said, look, I need your help. I have no money coming in the door. I have child support to pay and I've got like, I'm going to go to jail if I don't figure this out. And I said, how do I change my beliefs? And that's kind of where I was with it. And I was like, even though I knew the answers, I didn't trust myself with the answers. That, no, no, I get, I get sense, that. Right? Sometimes, and I've said this before on the show, like it's easier to help someone scale their business than it is to scale your own. That's kind of, yeah, it's exactly right, right? I get exactly it. Exactly right. And, and the guy said to me, he said, well, he said, well, you got to change your beliefs. I said, okay, well, how do I do that? And they said to me, well, you know, you just read books, do affirmations, jump up and down. I said, okay, great. But how do I know what my beliefs are? And then they said, you look at your environment and those are your beliefs. Right. So what you surround thought, yourself with day in, day out. Yeah, but I thought, here's the thing. I realized that that was bullshit. Because when, when you say your environment, that also can be the people around you, can't it? Because I mean, right. there's, there's got to be some truth in that because, you know, if you hang out with people who are negative all the time, it does start to brush It does, but here's the thing, right? When you just look at the environment around you, for example, if they say, I had no money at the time. So because I had no money... That's, that, that's my environment. That's my belief is that I don't have any money, but that's not true. You could have that. The real belief could be from multiple things. Like as a doctor, I would look at it and say, you know, someone can walk in my door and say they have back pain. The environment around you is just the symptom. The truth of it is something completely different because you could walk into my door with a low back pain, strain, strain, herniated disc, degenerative disc, all these different things that were diagnostic but the symptom would be back pain. So I th when I looked at that, I said, this is BS. Because if I'm looking at it and saying, I have no money, why don't I have any money? And they couldn't figure out what the actual belief was. And they just based it as a symptom. And I thought, this is not the truth of where it sits. So I went home, and I kid you not, Monique, I pulled out all my neuroanatomy books, my, my neuroscience books, and I pulled them out. And it was like I was a mad scientist that night. My hair, like I was drinking so much coffee that night. And this is the time of my life where I was smoking too. So I was like, I was like really deep in the well, right? Smoking. So I was literally there. 
And I, and I said, okay, and I mapped this thing out, and I said, okay, I have to discover what my actual beliefs are because nobody else is figuring this out. And so I created the pro a process called the belief inventory. And I use this process very often to help me navigate where I'm at in my consciousness. And I, create, I had realized I'd created this belief through my neuroassociations that I could have love or money, but not both. So no matter how hard I worked, no matter how good I was at sales, no matter how, how great I was at my scripting, I wasn't selling anything because I resisted and resented money because I'd rather have love inside of it. How did you, and again, I'm sure there's a diagnostic here somewhere, but how did you work that out? I mean, it, I, I take you first have to have awareness of that potentially existing. Then you need to, what, lean into it a bit and reflect on it? Or, or does it, as soon as yeah, you... But it, it was you know a lean I mean? in Sorry? Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, because I, I think it's a really interesting question. This is, you know, because this whole idea about affirmations and all that and jumping around and screaming, you know, really interesting. And I know that the concept makes logical sense, right? I'm going to reprogram everything by saying something totally different, but surely there's a part of you that says it's bullshit, right? Like it is know, bullshit because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm gonna... While you're doing that, your, your, your phone company is calling you because your phone's about to be shut off, right? Yeah, like... the, the, the one call from the phone company is going to be more painful than the 25 affirmations, right? So people think like the affirmations, the answer. And I, and I know the book where it came from, and, and it's, but you're just repeating a pattern. But the whole pattern started at a root experience early on in your life or at some point in your life. I had created that through the trauma of my divorce that you could have love or money, mm. but not both. So if you don't go back and find exactly where it began, you're going to continue to repeat the pattern again and again and again and again. What you do, what I do is I go back and I go find exactly where the pattern began, rewire the pattern. Abolish it and it no longer needs to exist. But you must know that the pattern's there first to then go back I to do. be able to that's, look for it. That's the diagnostic work I have to create. Right. Okay. So when someone comes to you, you know, and, and you work, as I said, with high-level athletes, you know, people who are, who are famous in the world of screen and all that sort of stuff, plus entrepreneurs, business owners. If someone comes to you and says, I'm not sure exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing, but it's not, I don't feel great about it, <laughs> right? Whatever that is. Like I keep... Yeah. I keep hitting a ceiling on my business and then sabotaging it. I keep, you know, sacking people when, you know, whatever, whatever it is, right? The pro how do you start that process? You do it, you start to look at the belief that's driving that behavior first and unpack that. And then you go back to find out where that belief was first formed. I have to go find out the, the experience that formed it. I have to find right. out a little bit. I got to do a little bit more history to find out exactly where it is. And they'll usually tell me if I just stop and listen, tell me more about it within Within about 30 seconds to a minute, I'll be able to hear the pattern. And it hasn't... Just after doing this so many times now. Yeah, I was going to say, you've done it hundreds and if not more. Times, thousands of times. Thousands of times. Yeah. Um, are there some times where the activity happened before someone has memory? So, you know, for example, if someone, you know, things happen when kids are like two, three, four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can hold on to that. Deep into the womb. It can go into the womb. Wow. Wow. Okay. But, oh, yeah, but yeah, how, how, how can you... <laughs> so we're, getting, we're going down the rabbit hole again. We're going down the rabbit hole. How can you work that out? Because if I can't remember it, right, or I can't um, consciously remember it, my body might be able to remember it. How do you then sort of, you know, work out that that's actually the thing? Because our body, our mind actually remembers every single thing. If not, it's in our cells. There's something called cellular memory, which you've probably heard of. But mm, yeah. if we go into the cells, the cells will actually give us the moment of consciousness inside that. And you can actually imagine yourself you can see yourself you can be in that state where you're completely in fear 
or whatever experience is going on. And when you regress somebody, you can find. So you're doing some sort of hypnosis type regression activity. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, that type of stuff. To, no, to, I can imagine. I'm, well, I imagine you'd have to, I mean, that's what I was trying to yeah. get at here. That it's not just a simple, like, let's have a conversation and talk about, you know, no, no, that's, that, that can't be cognitive. Yeah. It's got to be something where the awareness level, as I said, from a conscious level that we've spoke beforehand is not in play. I mean, there might Correct. be a situation that happened where I can talk about it and that's the event, right. That, you know, happened when I was 14 or whatever, but I imagine there is a lot of stuff happen that happened that people don't have their conscious minds focused on. Hundred percent. That's you're completely right. And wow. And but you can find it. Uh, there was a case I had with someone who had schizophrenia, and it schizophrenia started at about six months. And and we went and we did the work. We rewired it at that point in time, and then the whole thing changed. The whole patterns changed. Now he still he still had a little bit of a challenge with it. He wasn't completely done, but a big change, a significant change. Wow. I mean, what, what, what incredibly rewarding work. It's amazing. It, it's amazing <laughs> and challenging at the same time. I'll tell you that, right? Yeah. Because it's so difficult for people to understand. And usually, you know, like I don't, like I, I, I don't take people as clients typically unless they go do, do my three-day program just to get a baseline understanding of the context of information. Because most of the time it's like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. And it's so foreign because we're all taught to think positive and live in positive and how can there anything be bad about anything positive? But once you understand it, then you're like, Oh, like after this conversation, you can say, you know what? I can see the negativity. I can see the drawbacks. I can see how that cost me some, you know, some, some capital, whatever capacity. And then when you get it and it's like, okay, then you're much more open and aware to deal with it. But if I go, typically clients come to me when they're blind, like blind from being cold, it's harder for them to appreciate the work inside of them. Yeah, no, I, I can fully get this. I mean, from the different experiences I've had personally, as we're talking, I'm just reflecting on different things I've gone through, right? Which is natural to do, right? Completely. And I can think now of situations where I have, um, how do I put it? Re repressed stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because it's easier to do that and too scary to really unpack it. Yeah, here's the cool thing though. It's like, reality is, is I don't need the story. People are afraid to, sometimes to tell themselves that because look when people go to therapy it's like they're repeating the story again and again and again and again and they're just remyelinating the same old pathway like that's a mistake right and therapy you don't want to, yeah you don't want to keep embedding it to you i imagine that's all you're doing like when you but, tell the story but, again and again and again and again you're just embedding it back into your memory is it, is it simply though also a little bit just the awareness so let's say for example you know we find something that's happened in my life or whatever else and and then I'm aware of it because I wasn't aware beforehand. Is that the first stage of them being able to, whatever you call it, accept it, deal with it, understand it? Um, I don't think that they need to even become aware of it. They right. just have to know here's where it is. And, and literally it's like, okay, great. And if it's an issue that's bothering them, they don't need to become aware of it. The awareness will come when they see that, that there was two sides to this. There was two experiences that happened. They chose the one that supported their belief of themselves. That's all it is. Right. And then that becomes your identity and you can hold it. And that it. becomes your identity. That's exactly right. Let's, um, let's finish off talking about um, what's happening now in the world. And, and I yeah. want to talk a little bit about children <laughs> as well. Yeah, and, I love children. Yeah. Well, and also you've touched on it a little bit today as well, but you know, we've got, we've got more and more stuff going on complexity. Um, and again, I'm not saying that in terms of, you know, you can choose to see it in different ways, but there is just a heap of stuff happening. I look at it from the world that I'm in, in entrepreneurship and the, and the pace of change is accelerating. You can see it everywhere. 
Um, but in the world of social media and all these different things, I mean, these days I don't watch TV at all. I mean, if, if I put the TV on now, it's like very rare. And even then I can't be bothered half the time um, yeah. because I just find it just so much going on. And then the news, I, I dropped the news years ago. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I don't watch the news. Yeah, I just found it wasn't serving me one bit, right? You know, there was nothing there. Um, but, but, but how does this start to, you know, and your work, how does this all start to, to move forward? I mean, what, what's your, if you're putting the kind of, you know, the crystal ball thing going on and you look into it, what's, what's going to happen? And, and what can we start to do about it to maybe get a bit more balance and presence? As you what's going to happen globally or what's going to happen with children? Like, what do you mean? Give, give me a little no, bit. No, I want to talk about globally first. And then I want to talk about how we raise yeah. children in that world. So that's the, that's the journey for our last few minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good one. I think realistically for our children, um, over the course of the globally, I think it's going to continue to get worse. Yeah. As weird as it sounds, but I think you're going to have guys like me and, and health. And I think you're going to have these pockets of people who are out there doing different things to try and help, you know, selective communities around it. But I think like, uh, the, the general population is going to get worse and it's going to hit a critical mass. I really do think it's going to hit a critical mass for the general population. And those that are more aware are going to actually wake up and live a different life, yeah. right? Because, you know, my daughter, she, she's, uh, she's been running the, or my, the real kids program. It's our kids program with my work. And right. she's been teaching kids for the last three, four years. She's going on to be a neuroscientist. She's going to neuroscience and psychology oh, to take this work. Yeah, she's, take, she's going to take it a whole nother level, which is amazing. Standing on my shoulders, which I love that. Oh, that's great. I love that too. And so I think you're going to have these people that are doing that, but I think that the world is, is going to need, um, I'll call it, you know, soldiers who are, who are out there not afraid to say something different inside of that. But I think the ones who want to become aware, the information's there. It's always been there. The ones who aren't aware, who are, I'll say, blinded and numbed by the dopamine cycle in these children, I think it's going to get worse for them. That's why I said mental health is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. No. Because there's and more you said, money. It's a, it's, and it's health, as you said. It's not just mental health. It's, it's, this is it. It affects it's, so it's many complete health. Like if we have a, a, a park. I'm here in Chicago. So we have a, a theme park. It's called Great America, right? And Great America is a, a theme park. And it almost saddens me when I, go, when I go there. I went there recently. I don't know, six months ago or, so, or six weeks ago or something like that. And the amount of literally morbidly obese children I saw there was, was crazy to me. Like, I, I could not even imagine that. And I don't mean lightly obese. I don't mean like, hey, you know, here's five, seven pounds. I meant 30, 40, 50 pounds. And, and that's not going to get better. And parents have to learn to empower themselves first because they, they've shown this. 80% of children who are obese come from highly obese parents. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that. And, and also there's a point where, you know, there, there's a bit of modeling going on as well, isn't there? hundred <laughs> percent. It's okay to do it. It's okay to be this way. It's okay. And I'm not, you can be whatever you want to. I'm all about, you know, have your own freedom, but you also have to learn to govern it. You have to learn to, just cause you want to be, you know, we want to accept everybody just cause saying you can eat what you want, look great. That doesn't mean you don't have a health risk because of it. You do. And, and so I think it's going to get worse to be very honest with you. Um, but I, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Let me put it that way. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't, I, I don't see that. No, no, I see. I see, you know, you, you're more um, intimately connected to it, but I see it from my position as well, not just in the world of business, but that's partly why the stuff that I like to, to do and think about in terms of my mission around entrepreneurship is to, is to help solve some of these bigger problems, right? You know, well, that's why you and I connected, right? Like yeah. Nick, like, you know, we're building a bunch of technologies 
you know, and I've talked to you about it, you know, we've got health technologies that we're building to help people scale across the world and help them to rewire their thinking, help get them on nutrition programs inside yep. of that, help 100%. them to, to build the blood work inside of that so they can see and take charge of their health. So that's, we're using technology, using the work that I've created to try and better people, but I, but that's, that's kind of where I see the world going. No, indeed. And, and just lastly, as we touch on this, cause we, we mentioned about the whole parenting thing. If a parent's listening to this, because a lot of the entrepreneurs who listen to this show are parents as well, right? And they yeah. balance that. <laughs> that those two important I. things. What's your advice? Just, I mean, I, I totally get this as a personal opinion piece, but like, you know, how do you how do you raise kids in this environment? You know, what are some of the principles that you think are important for us? You know, even if we just want to understand them, you know, based on your research and your experience. I think the number one thing that you could do as a parent, and I'm very, you know, very um intimately connected to this this subject is that know have the children know their values know their independence know their identity who they are my son is through and through soccer all day football all day long football or european it. football right yep and so no matter what if he everything in his life revolves around that if you want him to do anything it's got to be around soccer if it's not he's not going to clean his room if, unless i connect it to soccer and so the job of a parent in my opinion is not to tell children what to do. It's to guide them to do what they want along with what you want so that you can help them Very learn nice. to live their life inside that. So I, I, you know, I teach this in a lot of my programs in parenting and how do you teach children how to, to get them to do what they want. Like my daughter, for example, quick, quick example, um, you know, she was struggling in school. She was, we went from a private school, a Montessori system, to a public school. And they said to her that you know, she was getting like D's in math. And, you know, they did all their traditional stuff and it wasn't working, it wasn't working. So I said, okay, are we done with all this nonsense? Can I just sit down with you for 30 minutes? And she's like, okay. And at that time she loved Selena Gomez, right? The singer. Yeah. And so <laughs> yes. and she was struggling in math. So I literally just had to reconnect her math to singing. And as soon as I did that, I showed where math was everywhere in, in vocal and music and concerts and speakers and mic angles and, and all this. And she's like, oh, yeah, math is there. She saw it from that point on. She's never got less than 90% in math. That's cool. 30 minutes. My son was getting 27% in the I beginning because it's like you don't have to. It's, every child wants to learn. It's our job as a parent to find out what they want to learn and help them connect the dots between what they need to learn and what they want to learn. And when they do that, the human mind will always want to grow because the brain is always looking to learn and grow. Which is, which, you know, what's fascinating about what you just said then is it's kind of the opposite <laughs> of how a lot of people think about it, right? You know, and, True. and therefore there's a conflict that's created. Maybe that ends up being a resentment and then, you know, there's a, a disconnect between well that's what they do right they you know you should do this you need to do this and kids don't want that you don't want that i don't want that what, like kids no, are just no, little no, people no no no, no, no. And particularly, wants if you, that. particularly if you've got a little bit of a rebellious streak like i have and my kids have <laughs> yeah i mean and, and we honor that right it's great oh it's listen good. this is this has been awesome mate we're we're, we're kind of coming close to time now um sure. we could have kept on going down the rabbit hole but i'm you know people are probably saying thank god but you know jesus <laughs> there's so much to, so much, i knew there was a lot to your world before we started talking right and you know when we connected um a few months back but god it's really impressive stuff mate I and mean, genuinely well, i think more of that more of what you do needs to be shared with the world so if i can you know do my own small part of doing that on the show as we are here today then you know i feel 
I feel honored to uh, to be able to help. So thank you, my friend. So where can people find you? Um, where's all your your stuff? I, I mentioned your website, but where else can people connect? Yeah, just go to drrewire.com. I mean, that's the simplest place. Inside that, we're on all socials, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we're on all that. YouTube, there's YouTube videos. There's countless programs inside of there. Um, we do a program called Total Rewire. That's my, it's like a three-day virtual program that I do. It's kind of my intro to my world. Um, and I okay. do it all virtually because it's easy, right? I don't have to, you know, I don't need to, you know, a lot of times people need to go to programs to get immersed and, and then you leave that program. And I like to sit and say, look, I want you to be rewired in, in your own home so that you do it in your own environment. I don't need you to bring you to my environment. And then you have to try and navigate it over there. Uh, so I like doing it that way. So and we get people from all over the world come to this program and we do it, you know, about once a quarter. Okay. We'll make sure that we, um, we put all of that into the show notes as well and, um, and share that for you as well, which would be great. Thank you. So a lot, a pleasure, a pleasure meeting you, you know, this last few months, pleasure having you on the show. Great to be on your show too. So, uh, yeah, just want to, just want to, on behalf of the scale up audience, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you to everyone else. And thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.